0: Welcome to the Anxiety Slayer series. Our mission is to assist you with creating more peace and tranquility in your life through anxiety release exercises and supportive tools created to slay your anxiety. Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by How to Calm Your Fragile Mind. In this course, we will guide you through the thoughts, wisdom teachings, and exercises that will help you calm your mind. How to Calm Your Fragile Mind will show you how to develop a state of detached awareness where you can learn to witness your thoughts coming and going without causing you emotional pain. To celebrate our seventh anniversary, we are offering How to Calm Your Fragile Mind for $30 US, regularly priced at $45. Learn more at anxietieslayer.com forward slash support. Welcome back to Anxiety Slayer. I'm Shan VanderLeek here with my wonderful friend, Ananga Sevier, and we're celebrating seven years of partnership, seven years of meeting and recording and producing Anxiety Slayer for you and creating digital teachings and calls and all of the things that we love to do to support you. We mix up a potent blend of coaching and storytelling and Ayurveda, guided relaxations, EFT tapping, and so much more we're grateful to have you come back and to listen in and to support us and be with us over all of these years together. Today, Ananga and I are going to be discussing the stigma and shame around anxiety. We had a listener write in to ask us if we'd ever covered this topic, and we realized that we hadn't. And uh, so here we are today to talk about it. Welcome, Ananga. Hi, Shen. So here we are talking about something that, um, is very prevalent with those who suffer from anxiety and those on the outside looking in who don't understand what's happening. Yeah,
1: when the question came in, I was really quite surprised that we hadn't covered this before. I think it's something very important to talk about. I think perhaps the reason we haven't touched on it is that we are talking all the time about anxiety without stigma and without shame. But uh, it's, it's a good topic to cover, and um, I'm hoping that from our conversation, our listeners will have some ideas of acceptance and ways to talk with friends and family if they're feeling discomfort about speaking about what they're going through.
0: The shame and suffering around anxiety and how to cope in the world with anxiety can sometimes turn out to be so very, very sad and incredibly, and I know you had a conversation with an ambulance crew member where you learn some information. I'd love for you to to share a little bit about that.
1: Yeah, I was speaking to somebody in the summer. She works on the team in the back of the ambulance, not a driver. So she's, you know, first responder. She's there when people call out and she's sitting in the back of the ambulance with people as they're taken for medical assistance. And she asked me what I did. So I told her about Anxiety Slayer. And then I asked her what she did, and she shared with me her work, and she said, you people are really needed. 25% of our call-outs are for panic attacks. Another 25% are for other mental health challenges, and the remaining 50% are for accidents and physical health emergencies. So 50% of her daily call-outs on that ambulance are for mental health challenges.
0: Was that surprising to you at the time?
1: Um, I think it was surprising how how high it was that it was 50 50 i I would have anticipated it not to be quite that high but where my mind immediately went and we had a further conversation about it was that that means one in four people that she attends to are people who are phoning up because they're so physically distressed by stress and anxiety that they're having symptoms that would cause you to call for medical assistance one in four that means they're feeling some chest pain thinking they're having a heart attack, thinking they're having issues with their breathing. And it just struck me that that massive statistic for that level of distress. And it just makes me want to reach out to as many people as possible to help.
0: You know, when we look at these kinds of statistics, when we when you really think about that 50 percent of these folks calling in for support, that also leads me to think of, about suicide and, and the most common cause of death for men aged, what, 20 to to 49 or 20 to 50 years old in the UK, is suicide. And I know it's also a leading cause of death in the United States.
1: Yeah, that's what I recently read. And again, it's shocking, such terrible internal mental suffering of such a large proportion.
0: It's just heartbreaking.
1: So we have to have safe places to talk. And I think for women, we're more inclined to talk, although it still can be extremely difficult and you still need to pick your time and your person to make sure that you're heard. But especially for men, the article that contained the statistic went on to state that, you know, it's the silence around and the stigma. Again, as we're talking about stigma today, it's the stigma around this that takes it into a dark, isolated place where people feel that they can't continue.
0: Yeah, and it's been my experience that, men tend to stuff things down and excuse the expression but you know suck it up or soldier on or get over it or you know all of those things that we hear in our society and and that's just not possible when you're in a state of deep depression or when you're suffering with you know intense anxiety you also shared that somebody on the world stage who suffers with depression came out to talk about it and Bruce Springsteen has been around for a long, long time. What what did you learn? Well, there's an article in a UK
1: newspaper here saying that he'd spoken out about depression. I just felt really hopeful that that would speak to his fans and followers, you know, such an internationally known artist. It was a good speaking out, a good breaking down of stigma and shame. And he said that he felt a failure because he'd had that title of being the boss and and now he was speaking about some mental suffering, but I just see it as incredibly brave. It's, it's not a failure to speak out and say, I've been suffering, it's courageous, and who knows how many people that will help.
0: It seems like there's more and more honesty, more truth, more transparency than, than I've seen in my lifetime so far, and I'm grateful. Let's talk about what happens and how, how fragile our minds are. When things get to be too much,
1: I think what really helped me when I was suffering with anxiety, and I did a workshop in this with a group last Saturday, and they said it was also very helpful to them, is when we understand, first of all, that mental pain is real, it's tangible, and it's valid, and it's as deserving of help as physical pain. We don't have to feel bad if we need support, if we're suffering with our mind. It's very easy for us to feel some conflict because the area of us that's causing us pain, our mind, is also examining itself and having feelings and thoughts about its pain. So it becomes really pretzled up, really knotted up in a place of great confusion and and suffering. So sometimes I like to kind of zoom out and look at it with something that sheds a different light on how the mind works. So if you drop a chair on your toe and your toe hurts, you don't feel let down by it because it's causing you pain. Sometimes it hurts like crazy and you have to Sit down and take a few deep breaths for a few minutes, but you don't think my toes let me down, or you don't feel any stigma or any shame about that body part causing you pain. And it's the same when a bomb goes off in our mind. We have some trauma, some chemical challenges, some nutritional challenges, whatever we perceive to be a cause. Something has happened. Something's gone off in our mind, and our mind's going to feel pain too. It's normal. Doesn't mean we failed. It doesn't mean we're weak. It means we're suffering from pain, which is valid, and there's cause, and there's effect.
0: And we might need some mental first aid, some time to heal, and some time for support, additional support, and and that's okay.
1: Yeah, and, and this is why we need to talk, so that people know it's okay. It's okay, and you're entitled to support. When we don't get that support, that's when we start to turn in on ourselves, and we start self-examining in a negative way and we feel shame and weakness and then we might feel the need to bury or hide our pain and we might do that by putting on some big mask of smiling and whizzing around or we might do it by using substances or misusing prescription medications or whatever we're going to do there's a burying of the pain and trying to look okay that starts to happen and that's where we really get into trouble.
0: You mentioned uh, teaching a class last week, and I think you've got some upcoming classes as well. Why don't you tell our listeners about that?
1: Yeah, we have a, a support group now in Rochester, in Kent, which is about half an hour outside of London. There's a high-speed connection from North London, and there's connections from Victoria. So it's easily accessible to anyone in the Kent, London area, also Essex area is about half an hour away. And uh, it's a support group running from two to three every Saturday afternoon. We're calling it the Shanti Group because the idea is that it's a safe place to come and talk and receive non-judgmental, open-hearted support and acceptance to talk with like-minded sufferers. And I'll be there as well to offer some support and tips for overcoming anxiety. And you can find details of that at anxietysupportkent.com. Okay.
0: Today's Anxiety Slayer podcast is brought to you by How to Calm Your Fragile Mind. In this course, Ananga and I will guide you through the thoughts, wisdom, teachings, and exercises that will help you calm your mind. How to Calm Your Fragile Mind will show you how to develop a state of detached awareness where you can learn to witness your thoughts coming and going without causing you emotional pain. And to celebrate our seventh anniversary as Anxiety Slayers, we're offering How to Calm Your Fragile Mind for $30 US, regularly priced at $45. If this sounds intriguing to you, you can learn more at anxietyslayer.com forward slash support. Welcome back. Here we are talking about the stigma and shame around anxiety. Ananga, let's talk about uh, distress to dysfunction from the trauma course that you have experience with.
1: It's really interesting when you step back and look at how things can affect the mind you know we were using the example of a toe with a chair getting dropped on it so the toe's going to throb and it's going to ache and it's going to have a set of symptoms so in a similar way when the mind's in distress it has a set of symptoms now in the ideal circumstance if we've experienced some trauma we're struggling with anxiety we're going through some adversity we would be able to present the symptoms of distress and get support and Write ourselves again that's the ideal so distress in behavioral reactions to to trauma panic attacks anxiety we'll get things like temporary phobic avoidance keeping away from the things that cause us distress but notice the word there is temporary eventually it settles and we can go out and deal with things again we may have some compulsions we may start counting things to try and bring a sense of order we might find our sleep's disturbed our eating's disturbed and we're easily startled we become jumpy all those things are completely normal behavioral responses to stress and anxiety and trauma so again not to be hard on ourselves something big goes off in your mind and heart it hurts and these are the symptoms that manifest when we don't have somebody to talk to when we don't have the support we need we go over into the realms of deeper mental suffering which is usually categorized as a dysfunction it's not a very kindly term but it means we're not coping well it means Temporary avoidance becomes persistent. We really don't want to interact. We really consistently don't want to go to places that we feel uncomfortable with. Our compulsions may become stronger. We may have some outbursts. We can become reclusive, and we might start self-medicating by abusing prescription drugs, energy drinks, alcohol, etc. To me, that means somebody didn't get the help they needed. Right. It doesn't mean they're flawed. It doesn't mean that they are a dysfunctional person. It just means you didn't get the help you needed to be able to heal and get back on track.
0: Yeah, because it's so important to create the space where you can let your mind rest and to do what we know needs to be done to, to love yourself up and to understand that we are not our minds.
1: Yeah, when you can step back from the mind and understand, you're not your mind, your thinking apparatus is suffering. And this really is the subject matter of our How to Calm Your Fragile Mind course is to really have some compassionate self-understanding. You're not your mind. You're not your thoughts. Your mind is experiencing pain and your thoughts are turbulent and you need and deserve support.
0: And Let's talk about your experience with, you know, the the aha moment that you had when you realize that you were not your mind, and the growth and, and health and you know, everything that's, that's come from that?
1: It was um, many years ago when I was about 19. I was suffering with very, very strong anxiety. And I started going to a spiritual discussion group where they would discuss Bhagavad Gita, as we've mentioned on recent podcasts. And one of the teachings in the Bhagavad Gita is, uh, is very strongly emphasized that we're not our minds and that just helped me really instantly create a rift between my mental suffering and me instead of thinking i was going crazy i was weak i was you know not going to be able to live a, a functional life because i was suffering so much with my thoughts all of a sudden there was a distance it was like there was a pane of glass and there was me and there was my mental suffering on the other side of the glass and it just gave me space to start reviewing things differently and it gave space for healing, instead of feeling like I was drowning in my thoughts, I could go to observing my thoughts. And when you start thinking like that, your whole languaging and your whole experience of your mind and yourself changes. You start saying, my mind is causing me pain. And no matter how great that pain may be, there's still a separation between the mind and the owner of the mind and the perceiver of the mind. It still gives distance to heal, no matter how much you're suffering, saying, my mind suggests that there's a proprietor an owner of the mind when we say my coat we don't think with a coat right when we say my mind we have the opportunity to understand that we're not our minds and we're not our thoughts and we can have some control and some interaction with our thinking apparatus in a in a healing direction and that observation comes from our intelligence and when we give power to our observing intelligence then we can start creating that distance between pain looking at the pain and looking at where we can get help. And that starts to put us in a completely different course. Initially, you get some space and self-kindness, some self-understanding, and anyone I've ever explained this to immediately drops their shoulders and, and heaves a sigh of relief. It just it just gives that permission to to have that distance between the real you mm-hmm. and your mental suffering. And then from that point, there's, there's some inner calm comes, and in that gap, using your intelligence and developing a sense of curiosity, you can start reaching out and looking at books, audio programs, support courses, whatever you feel inclined to, support groups and anxiety coach, looking for help and looking for support to take yourself further down the line of coming back from dysfunction or distress back to a normal, more peaceful lifestyle.
0: Such a great conversation. We, we could talk about this for, for much longer, but uh, but our time today has come to an end and I'm Really grateful to our listener for asking us to talk about the stigma and shame around anxiety, and to know that there's so much more that we can do to support ourselves, and that we are not our mind, and that we have a, a beautiful course to support you right now that we are offering as part of our seventh anniversary celebration. So, how to calm your fragile mind can be found at anxietieslayer.com/support. Check it out. And thank you so much for listening to Anxiety Slayer. Thank you for, if you've been here with us since the beginning, thank you. If you're brand new, thank you. We hope you keep coming back and that you found this episode supportive. Anxiety Slayer has been offering a free podcast for more than six years. Now we want to help you go deeper by providing step-by-step support on getting the best experience from our favorite tools and techniques for overcoming anxiety. Are you ready to take action against your anxiety? Enroll in the Anxiety Slayer Academy now and you can get started today. Visit anxietyslayer.com forward slash support.